we're doing it. This is real. This is the thing. This is real. Um, okay. Well, how does how does anyone start a journey but just with one step? So. Ooh, that was poignant and, yeah. and classic. I like that. Who was that? Who? Uh... I don't know. Many, many people. <laughs> no, like not like the road list taken or you know anything like no. that. No, I mean I. I don't know. I really I don't, don't know. But um, oh my gosh! So this is copulators die first. Welcome to the first episode. Yeah. Um, the I'm gonna say like mildly to severely gay, depending on the topic. Horror movie podcast. Um, yeah, yeah, I would I would err on the side of severely gay. Yeah, I mean it's not an affliction. It's just no. It's just like if we're if we're rating things, like you know. Um, anyway, I'm Nick, and I'm Ash, and this is Copulators Type First. Um, we're just two homosexuals that really enjoy horror movies, and we want to talk about it. Yeah, so uh, let's uh, let's talk about it. Do you wanna do you wanna dive right in? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess. I mean, so the idea for the first episode first and foremost, is to just kind of like give you an intro, if you will, to where we're coming from, um, who we are. And we thought that the best way to do that would just to kind of be briefly talk about both of our favorite horror movies and why they're our favorite horror movies. And we'll definitely be covering these movies again in the future in like full episodes. But, you know, just a little appetizer, if you will. Ooh, appetizer. Appetizer. Okay, so um, can I ask you, like, a really personal, in-depth question? Yeah. What's your favorite scary movie? Oh, my God. Um, so it's it's the original Halloween from 1978. Oh, um, good choice. Good choice. I mean, good choice, but also, like, some people roll their eyes at that, and some people are like, oh, yeah, you know, that's cool. And I'm like, well, I mean, it's my... So it took me a long time to realize that the original Halloween was my favorite horror movie. Um, because there's like obviously a lot of movies in the running. Um, most of them from the 80s. Oh, well, uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's here nor there, but whatever. I mean, um, it's it's pretty here. I mean, I think <laughs> I think in our in the longevity of our relationship, we've spent a lot of time. Right. <laughs> indulging in the analog phase of film right and oh my god we should probably we should probably just back up a second and 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 explain to okay. whoever's listening right now all right back it up rewind we, rewind yeah. if you would oh my god like vcrs like oh my god mm-hmm. we're like some mm-hmm. brands oh my god um yeah so ashley and i have been lifelong friends we grew up in the same town our Life stories are intertwined forever, and our moms it's actually, are... <laughs> it's actually like a horror movie in itself, I how mean, we live, like, parallel, intertwined, like, life situations, if you would. Very but, true. But, um, yeah, yes. we've been friends since, what, 2004, oh, 5? Right, because <sighs> you, were, you were in high school. Because we're old now. We're old now. You were, like... A freshman or yeah. sophomore. Yeah, I was a freshman. Yeah. yeah, and then so that means that I was a sophomore or junior. Yeah, I think you were a junior. Yeah. Yeah, and like we met through a mutual friend who 
mm-hmm. is no mm-hmm. longer. <laughs> I mean, yeah, whenever. He didn't, he didn't make the cut. He didn't make it. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's but... alive. He's alive. He is alive. <laughs> and honestly, like, I, I love him, but, like, I'm not trying to save face here. So, like, let's move on. Yeah. Um, anyhow. Yeah, anyhow. Um, yeah, we just, we realized very quickly that we both really freaking love horror movies. And, like, in the course of a summer, we sat down and, like, indulged in far too many. Oh, my God. Um, so but we many. made it. Yeah, like, like a lot. And um, and also a lot of Dairy Queen because Dairy Queen was next door to the Blockbuster. Hi, that's how we got fat that summer. <laughs> oh, dear Lord. <laughs> um, but then also, like, we started to figure out that there's a formula to horror movies. And um, that's where the title of the podcast from comes from because copulators die first. Any teenage couple who is in heat and wants to get it on they're gonna get stabbed of their uh, of their teenage wilds if you will yeah and then like after that would come literally well right 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 absolutely yeah they might they honestly um the the villain might be a total cock block and not allow that to happen Uh um looking at you jason boys hello but then also like after them would come like the reefer smokers <laughs> yeah yeah and um and then like after that would unfortunately come like uh any minority you know yeah. usually, um, the minority usually is like second to last as like a mm, we don't want to kill them off first because that's racist right. so you go for the copulators first right and, and like then, let's like, be honest you know <laughs> let's be honest there's always like the final girl final girl takes it all right and like sometimes people were getting smart in the 90s and early 2000s and they were like there's a fake out final girl and then oh yeah oh my god she's not the final girl um or there's like you know very specific blips on the map where like the final girl the scream queen if you will Mm. ends up being a man who later on in life you know, it, it is is very much a homosexual. Mm, um, yeah, that does happen. Yeah, and yeah. I think I think as time has gone on, like us being two homosexuals in the world, <laughs> yeah, uh, partially well adjusted adults. Um, we that's, that's some yeah. some deep water. I'm not ready to swim in, but all right, that's fine. All right, it's well, okay. It's fine. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like. There's just like this intertwining of the LGBT community and horror. And um, there's some really like avid horror fans that happen to be members of the LGBT community and they go really hard, you know, like they're yeah. like ride or die bitches. And, and that's really fun. That's um, what we want. That's what we want on our bandwagon. We want yeah. to cater. First off, we're we're gonna get this bandwagon like rolling. Let's let's, let's maybe push it a little, push that right. little Toyota Tercel up that hill, and we'll <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll we'll do the best we can. And uh, yeah, you know, you know, everyone's invited. Um, it's a very inclusive party. I mean, absolutely. it's a party. It's party of two right now. Right. But um, we're I hoping mean, to uh, yeah, add maybe. add some more local flavor, if you would, because for those of you who don't know us or like have really dived deep into our Instagram because Nick is just killing our social media game but 
we are actually recording in two separate locations currently. This is true. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think that's kind of <laughs> it's it's kind of a detriment in it to a degree because hi, let's face it, I miss my best friend and I miss having movie nights Friday night on the couch. Yeah. But eh. Yeah. But I think this is the closest we're gonna get to for now. And I think so, we'll be good. Yeah. It, like honestly, this podcast is many things. And if we want to go one step further, it's also a celebration of unending friendship and wonderment and, um, you know, the early 2000s when Pizza Hut was still okay. Oh, RIP <laughs> for the homies. Oh, man. Oh, I, miss when I, I miss when I paid $17 for quality. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. For quality? Yeah. No. For, what like... I- Ugh, what was that even? But now it's just basically like string cheese and in, in, in the crust, it's and that's good. gross. No, it's not good. It's my wife's favorite. We don't talk about it. No. So no. anyway, mm-hmm. I guess anyway. that's. I guess that was the semi-fragmented but complete and um, uh, I don't know, lovely, wonderful. Um, it's our footnotes. love story, really. So it's the love yeah. story of our lives. Yeah, I mean, we we are one hundred percent in love. Yeah. Your your nickname will always be wifey to me. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, um, we always joke that we'd make a baby and here it is. Right here. I mean, hey, who knows? <laughs> who but knows? let's not go there yet. That's maybe that's episode five or ten. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> oh my god. Let's take, it, let's take it one episode at a time. I'm not ready to be a father. Not <laughs> me either. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. All right. So I guess that is the catch up. And yeah. um, back to the topic at hand. Um, yeah. The idea is every week we'll be talking about a movie that we've either watched so many times that it's burned into our memory or have watched recently as a refresher. Um, but again, this first episode, we just want to kind of give you an idea of where we're coming from. So as I was saying, my favorite scary movie is the original Halloween. Um, now, now, reasons why... Um, there is a list of top five things that I have in front of me scribbled. So um, give them to me, give them to me, um, backwards five to one. Oh, okay. Um, switch it up. Okay. Um, no frills, just a well-made movie. That's that, that's number five. I mean, that's fair. I mean, it is fair. Um, I will say that I think beyond loving scary movies, both of us have a very deep appreciation of the art of movie making. Oh, um, and like legit, there's like nothing super special about how this movie was designed or decorated. Like it's like supposed to be this could happen in anywhere America, you know? Yeah, um, of course. And as someone who now has migrated from from the East Coast and now lives in the actual Midwest, it is very factual. <laughs> That that I is mean, some Midwest living right there. Yeah. Oh, we didn't even say. So I'm in New York City. You're in Cleveland. Did we yeah. even say that? Whatever. No, no. We just we just said we were in different locations. Not we're in different locations. Yeah. yeah we are. We're not even in the same house. We're not in the same on no. the same block. We're definitely not even on not. the same. Oh, we are on the same time zone. We are, which is definitely handy. Oh, um, yeah. But we're definitely not in the same place right now. No. No. Um, yeah. Physically or metaphysically, <laughs> I guess. Probably not. But Probably so, not. so that's number five. Number four 
Um, oh, I, I went back and added notes to my notes, but um, what is, oh, set the stage, comma, the formula, comma, the quote, rule book. Set oh. the standard. Okay. You know, for yeah. the, the new modern horror movie. Like, and sure. that, yeah, I mean, I think, honestly, if you go online, like, that is very much like a word for word thing that's probably in any article about the original Halloween but like John Carpenter's like fucking genius and um you know I mean it did like the whole formula of copulators dying first and um and like you know it's a it's a band of individuals that are probably in high school or you know college or something like that and and someone wreaks havoc on their lives over the course of like 24 hours um, 24 hours of torture is a long time yeah or like maybe one night like 12 hours but like it depends you know whatever um but also like his cinematography um like the the shots where it's from the perspective of michael like especially in the beginning when oh, he's like the mask? Going to st- yeah like when he's oh. going to stab his sister and like um, to be honest with you uh, i don't mean to cut you off but that whole thing of like him being like heavy breathing in that like ben cooper style like halloween attire like is so upsetting to me well right and like obviously now it's like not that big of a deal but like imagine you are an adult in 1978 and this movie comes out and all of this is new to you like yeah this was a fucking scary movie like that done probably fucked you up you know like uh yeah yeah, like yeah. the idea of the boogeyman and like Michael doesn't have like morals. He doesn't have a reason for doing this. There's no there's no motivation. And if I think you will. I feel like that's like primarily where the terror comes from. There is right. no motivation behind this. How old was he? Nine like year old kid stabbing his sister to death, and then he's like. All right, well, I'm not going to talk to anybody. Yeah, I'm not going to talk to anybody for the next 10 years, 20 years. Right, like, he stopped talking. And, like, obviously, again, that's another point that's probably in, like, any documentary, any interview, any article about this movie. But, like, it's true. Like, he, like, the embodiment of this just evil for evil's sake, like, boogeyman, whatever. And, like, that's kind of where Halloween has also set itself apart because, like, the other movies that came after it, like the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise and um, Friday the 13th, which probably one of, like, our OG favorites, like, you know. Oh, uh, yeah, girl. it's definitely, um, you know. Definitely, but, I think that's where our friendship started, actually. I think so. Yeah. yeah, I think you, show, you showed me the original Friday the 13th. Yeah the first time I watched it and I was like oh this shit cool um, yeah I think to this was, day yeah you know I, I love it but um like all of those other real like major popular horror movie villains they have motivation they have like a true backstory and like not that Michael doesn't have a backstory but it wasn't created until the other movies happened because of the success of the first one like oh Sure. You know, like this as a standalone movie, like he was just a, you know, if we're going to put it into like actual scientific terms, because I always try to do that because I'm a genetic counselor, but whatever, like he's probably a psychopathic, sociopathic personality, 
something along those lines like oh for sure there's no definitely morals, there's definitely you know. like a like a cognitive like underdevelopment that occurred at some point that like I wish they had at some point later in the series had talked about like oh well hmm. yeah like not just like oh my god he's like Laurie Strode's brother or we're like uh, cousin brother no sister uh, he, Laurie's his sister and they were in the witness protection program and da 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 but yeah, like yeah. whatever and the original movie had nothing to do with that and like that's another reason why I love the the new one from 2018 because it was like let's forget about all that stuff that we just tried to make money off of. Oh, um, that is and like, like, listen, this the new Halloween was like the first, not even just horror movie, but first movie that I had seen in a long time that I actually enjoyed. Um, I paid real money for it. I paid yeah. dollars to go see it, and I even said to my wife hey, like, I would pay real dollars to see that again. Right. And, and like, then and the, purchase it. Like, right. In, like, the age of streaming services. Like, I, I would, would buy this. I would like to own a physical copy of that. Right. And and I know there's some people that wouldn't agree with you, but I wholeheartedly do. That was a wonderful, wonderful movie. And um, I think it touched upon a lot of the psychological effects that an event like what happened in the original would have on a person long-term. And in the age of trying to destigmatize mental health things, that was like beautiful and wonderful. And like, I've never felt myself wanting to cry in a horror movie before. Yeah. Like, Oh my God. So like that brings me to my next point. Oh, good segue. Good Halloween segue. Halloween gave us good segue. Um, Halloween gave us Jamie Lee Curtis. So I mean, praise be. Um, and and she is on the record as saying that she only did the Halloween projects where she felt like there was an evolution of the character, where there where there was something that made it new or meaningful. And she said, you know, the reason that the 2018 movie she was so excited about was because it really showed how PTSD and, you know, a traumatic event can be, you know, quote unquote, passed down in different ways from generation to generation in a family. Um, And, you know, I mean, we are both from families that have some form of mental illness in it. And I don't think that's not the case for almost anyone, but I mean, true to form, that movie was wonderful. And it gave us Jamie Lee Curtis, the original, and now Ugh. I'm going back and forth. But like, and and um and Judy Greer, she like crushed it. Oh dear lord! Like I could I could like write a novel about how much I love this woman and how much she totally slayed that role. Yeah. But um, I really hope David Gordon Green directs another one because Jamie Lee Curtis, JLC, if you would, has agreed that if you know if. If David Gordon Green decides that he would like to do another, she would be on board. So, David Gordon Green, if you're listening, please and thank you. Right. And, like, honestly, I don't know if I need another one at this point. Like, the 2018 Halloween was so satisfying to me that I was, like... Oh, primo. Primo satisfaction. Like, I can put this to bed if needed. Honestly, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like, if another one comes out, I'll obviously see it. But like, I'm just greedy, basically. (laughs) But there will be a moment of like, 
really like we need another one but whatever mm-hmm. anyway back to the point at hand Halloween gave us Jamie Lee Curtis it was her first big breakout role Jamie Lee Curtis is a goddess among all women and... I didn't know that I didn't know that was her first big thing yeah yeah That's great. um and she's wonderful and um actually if you notice in the the opening credits it says introducing Jamie Lee Curtis I have never noticed yeah. that. Yeah, I'm all about it. I'm gonna have to, um, have to pop that bad boy in the DVD player this weekend and, and give it a go. Mm-hmm. Or it's available through, um, I think it's Shutter. Oh, Shutter! If yeah. you're listening, hello. Hashtag spons. Ha- hashtag please and thank you. From like day one, we're already doing it. That's yeah. Fine. It's fine. Um, I'm not plugging yeah. anything. It's okay. Yeah. Um, and okay. So I, it, yeah. yeah. So, so uh, next, next, um, in the vein of this movie gifting us things, it mm. gave us Michael Myers. It did. Um, one of the, you know, premier horror th- movie villains, if you I will. I think he is. I think he, in all honesty, like, I think when you think horror, the first thing that comes to my mind is the top three. The, yeah. the big daddy is of horror. We have Michael. I think, I think he's number one, realistically. Yeah. He's he's the most iconic mm-hmm. in the sense of like he's very, very recognizable. Yeah, unfortunately, in that like mm-hmm. William Shatner esque mask, but whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jason and Freddie, but I feel like in the sense of like cosplay and Halloween and all that business, I feel like Michael is probably the most accessible. Right. For the sake of I'm gonna do this on the cheap, and there he is. Right. Yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so, you know, the gift us, the, this movie gifted us many things. And on top of that, it gifted us one of the best, if not still the best, horror movie villain themes. Everyone knows that. It's so iconic. Right. And I don't want to, I don't want to badly sing anymore because we don't <laughs> need, you know, no copyright infringement. But um, also, yeah, I don't want to get sued. <laughs> right. But, I mean, like, that is my ringtone throughout the entire month of October. Is it really? Um, yeah. And usually mm-hmm. a little bit time after that because I get used to it. And I'm like, yes. And yeah. let the whole thing play. Yeah. Um, and then finally, it modernized and popularized the concept of the Scream Queen, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and the Scream Queens in particular hold certainly a special place in the heart of any budding or well-established homosexual yeah scream Um, queers really oh my god but so jamie lee like obviously she's not necessarily the og the og is kind of her mom from Mm, psycho yeah janet lee janet lee um and like how wonderful for the universe to like work out that like janet lee's daughter is the next generation like the start starter of the next generation of oh, of, of like the scream queen and of course Janet Lee's character in Psycho does not make it very far but like yeah the the character of Laurie Strode is like the every woman she's and 40 years strong she's 40 years strong um and you know like throughout this movie you see her being like the every teenager that is you know being tempted by her friends to like you know do the drugs or to have the sex and she's like i don't know 
But, I don't mm-hmm. think I should do that. Yeah, and, like, also, she's a real, like, if you watch the movie and, like, really pay attention, she's a really freaking good babysitter. Uh, okay. Yeah. She's like, she's like, listen, little child, I'm gonna make sure you don't die. Right. And if, and it, like, and if it were me, realistically, I'd be like, sorry, but like your your parents aren't paying me enough to keep you alive more right. than past ten thirty. Really. Yeah. And like and like Tommy, the little boy that yeah. she babysits, completely obsessed with her. Great. As rightfully so. Yeah. And then like you know when her friend babysitting across the streets like take my take my girl child um she takes care of Lindsay as for well free pro bono right and like she keeps them alive they live yeah like hi yeah that's like she deserves babysitter of the year the century the millennium yeah um forever yeah so yeah I mean like in general this movie like I could go on for hours I mean there's just like it really it's set it just set the standard for what we know as the modern horror movie like you can just think of like all the little intricacies of the movie like you know that like little like squeaky noise like mm-hmm. like oh you should pay attention something bad's gonna happen like it's a really ooh, bad impression of it oh yeah but you know that like iconic right. sound is like and indicative then, to that movie so like right. you hear that you know something not good is going to happen Exactly. And like, as you mentioned, you know, the, um, what did you mention already that I was just thinking to myself, oh, that was a good point. Okay. Well, I, I lost don't know. it. I'm full of them, but I guess it's I'll fine. <laughs> it's fine. I lost it. Oh, it's um, okay. I think we'll figure it out. Yeah. You know, like there's, there's that scene where like Michael is like peeking out from behind the bushes Ooh, and mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. Lori, Lori's like, what a fuck is that shit? And then, yeah. And then that brings me to the part of this movie that I probably hate the most. Um, her friend, Annie. Mm-hmm. I hate her with forever my being. Okay. Because Annie is every teenage girl that we grew up with in New Jersey. Right? Oh, gross. So she... Not going to name names because that's rude. <laughs> right. But... And we need the followers. But, <laughs> right. but like, you, you know, you know, mm-hmm. We, mm-hmm. we have this girl's number because... She hates herself on the inside, and she thinks you don't know that, but you do. Mm-hmm. And she oh, honey, she makes it transparent, right? She makes it very clear by being promiscuous and talking about D all the time, all and actively seeking out the D. And we never actually meet Tom, by the way. Oh yeah, who, she, who she's going to go bone? Yeah, um, but I think the thing about Annie that annoys me the most is how she screams Lindsay's name. <laughs> okay? okay. And she, she says Lindsay's name so many freaking times. And Lindsay is the little girl that she's babysitting very sure. poorly. Yeah. Um, like she's just, she's making the popcorn mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. she, she dirties herself up and she's like, Lindsay. And then like, there's, when, when like the dog comes into the to the kitchen when she's talking to Lori on the phone, mm-hmm. Lindsay and she like I didn't count how many times she said Lindsay, but she says it a fuck ton. Yeah, and she says it in the most annoying manner, and like thank you for killing her. Yeah, like I couldn't take all, it anymore. All a uh, a great service, if you would. And she made up that really dumb song about Tom, like oh Tom. <laughs> Um, I will give her one thing. She okay. noticed she noticed that the 
that the um, the car fogged up when she came back and she was mm-hmm. like, the fuck's happening yeah, right before weird. she died. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well. But, you know, there's plenty of character in a horror movie that wouldn't have noticed that. So, like, I give her props, but, like, girl, bye. Okay. She literally, I mean, she got what she deserved, right? Right. So, like, I definitely have, like, a full half page of notes on Annie. But then her other friend, Linda, like, the mm-hmm. cheerleader. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Literally, all I have written for her is cheerleader dot dot dot. Well, I mean, that's all there really is to her, right. isn't there? I but, mean... Um, did, did anybody ever think of asking, Annie, are you okay? Are you okay, Annie? No. Are you okay? They didn't. You want to know why? Because they couldn't me. be bothered. They didn't, they didn't want her bullshit, right? And that's fair. I mean, she was a package deal. She came with a kid that wasn't hers. <laughs> oh, dear Lord. But yeah. yeah. Um... Yeah, so, it, uh, yeah, so, yeah, just, ugh, I can't, but, ugh, um, a few other observations, and then, and then I promise I'm done. Number no, one. No, 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 I, in, indulge me, I, I, mm-hmm. it's, it's been a while since we've had a, um, a good back and forth about this sort of thing, so please indulge me, all your notes, I want all four pages of mini notes. True, true, okay, mm-hmm. so, um, uh, it's just, it's masterful storytelling I wrote down here, mainly because it's like Lori's storyline and then Dr. Loomis's storyline, and they're like parallel for a good portion of the movie. And then the one thing that intertwines them is the fact that Michael has entered their universe for some reason. Um, it's just like really good freaking storytelling. Um, we already discussed cinematography. Um, let's see. I already discussed like in Troves, how Laurie Strode is the every woman and I'm obsessed with her. Um, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, and rightfully you should be and everybody should just be obsessed with Laurie Strode. Yeah. Um, we already talked about how she's the screen queen of the movie. Oh, so my first question. Sure. I have questions. Okay. What happens to Lindsay and Tommy? Like, we don't know. Like, are they okay? After um, this night? I would... I don't know. Like, I would venture to guess... Psychologically, not. no. <laughs> no, I mean, they're physically okay at the moment. But, like, yeah. who knows? Who knows? Um, I mean, Lindsay ended up becoming a real housewife of... what? Which, which one is she on? I forget. I but I See, these are things I didn't know. <sighs> oh, girl. I have things to teach you. But, oh, teach me. Teach me um, the ways. I, I forget... I just, I, th- I, I think it's Beverly the reality, Hills. I don't really do. I mean, that would make sense. There's I don't definitely do like the reality TV thing because, like, yeah. it's just um, it's just real cringy because it's like, oh, this is this is too on the border of like, is it real? Is it not? And I don't know. Oh well, spoiler alert: it's not. It's not. One. It's and not because nobody has those problems. But anyway. <laughs> oh my god! Like you guys, I was at the store and I had to choose between the five hundred dollar and the one thousand dollar pair of shoes, and I was like, "What am I gonna do?" Um, hi, I'm poor, and I would say pick the ones from Payless. Like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. So, but I, I'm pretty <laughs> sure. And, like, I'm sure whoever's listening who's, like, number one, thank you for listening, if you're listening. But um, if if they're, if they're like, at all involved in the franchises of The Real Housewives, they're probably screaming which one it is that she's on. But I'm pretty sure it's Beverly Hills. I mean, that would, 
locale wise that seems like it would make the most yeah. sense but i'll settle for new york too i mean yeah i'm not i'm not paying I'm, I'm like i'm rather certain it's not new york. it doesn't matter yeah. i mean like in the grand scheme of things it does yeah. not matter it, but it regardless really doesn't. It's um fine. yeah uh other observation michael kills that dog his name is lester mm-hmm. r.i.p lester why did can we he dedicate have to die? Can, can we dedicate this episode to lester I 100% dedicate this episode to Lester. I will forever dedicate anything to any animal. Oh, absolutely. Um, um, so RIP it, Lester. I'm pretty sure there is an online database. Correct me if I'm wrong, but um, I'm pretty sure there's an online database where you can search the movie and it'll tell you, I don't know if it's all animals or specifically if the dog dies. I'm so, pretty sure I know what you're talking about. Yeah. If that's... <laughs> If that's a real thing, I will find it and I will put it in the description mm-hmm. in case anybody mm-hmm. is morbidly curious like me. And we just don't want another Babadook situation occurring. Oh. And... Oh, oh, man. Dear Lord. But yeah, yeah, so moment of silence for Lester and done. Um, uh, yeah, so another thing that is kind of gross and cringy. Ooh, um, give it to me. Linda and her man toy Bob, who admittedly is like kind of cute. Um, okay. They go to Lindsay's house. They don't see Annie there because at this point she's dead. Spoiler alert. Ooh. Um, but like also, if you haven't seen Halloween already, like watch it. Um, And then they proceed to be like, oh, cool. Lindsay's not in her house and we can't find Annie anywhere. So let's bone in this stranger's house. What a weird 70s thing to do. Right? Like that, I mean, it probably would happen now, but I would still judge them the same. They're gross. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And like they proceed to not only make out on the couch, but then go up to a random bedroom and fornicate or copulate, if you will, mm-hmm. in a stranger's bed. So, like, stop it. That's, that's gross. Like, that's so many levels of gross. It's not even double gross. It's like breaking and entering, <laughs> number one. I, I mean, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe the thing was that they weren't were fornicating that really, like, set him off. Maybe it was the beanie that they committed. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I do have a little bit of a hypothesis on Michael. Um, Again, being a scientist and being very black and white about things, which you will learn about me very quickly, um, but hopefully I'm charming in my black and whiteness. (laughs) Um, America or or the other parts of the world that could be listening. I mean, I'm biased, (laughs) but I'm already charmed. Continue. Oh, you stop. But don't stop it. Never. Um, so, so I mean, obviously, killing his sister after seeing his sister make out with a whoever boyfriend, boy toy, gentleman caller, gentleman caller. Uh, there's obviously some type of like sexual thing there. Like maybe he has a possession, a possessive, compulsive thing with his sister, and the idea of like that whole situation is really off-putting to him and that's what sets him off and like so so in that sense i can understand why he sees anyone having sex he's going to kill them you know what i mean oh for sure i don't think john carpenter intentionally created the rule copulators must die first but like he created the rule with this movie yeah yeah like good on you 
like thanks John Mr. I Carpenter. don't think exactly like I don't think down the like, I don't think back then he, Mr. Carpenter because we're we're on that level with him obviously yeah. um John <laughs> John if you would um I don't think that he thought to himself like I know like you know down the line there's going to be this podcast that these two queer kids make about like horror movies and shit but like it's what happened you know what I mean like yeah I feel like his 1970s ish foresight kind of just kind of just threw a dart in our direction and it was just kind of like it took a while to get through that wormhole to us but like here we are we caught it and it's ours now and yeah it happened thank you so much John Carpenter thank you um you know if we were to have a shrine to you know, masters of horror, he would certainly be on that shrine. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I mean, the bottom line is my, the, my point, my long winded point is, you know, this movie set very large, powerful waves into effect within the ocean of cinematography. Oh, um, for sure. And it was like, oh shit, this independent um, horror movie became very popular and successful. Like, let's, maximize that and like everyone follow in suit and the you know modern horror world happened um so like good on you and um I mean there's just there's so many things about this movie that just are iconic and like obviously I want to have a segment called that's iconic but specifically talking about like what's the gayest moment of this movie like that's iconic but like this movie is iconic and um like there's this scene where she pokes him in the freaking eyeball with the hanger in the closet and then she's like oh my god he's finally dead and then you know there again was that cinematography thing where like in the background he gets up and it's like oh shit girl you in danger you know yeah you better run with your bell bottoms and hush puppies because like it is not like, it's not was... going to be okay for you. Also, why was she wearing those shoes? They were not, <laughs> like, problematic. I have weak cankles to begin with. So I'm not about to um, throw stones in any glass houses. But, girl, get some fucking trainers on. You know what I mean? Put some yeah. sneakers on. I don't trust any motherfucker who wears, like, clogs at all, period. You know but, what? like, mm, Safety first. Right. That should, that should mean, be rule number one, really. Safety first. Safety first is definitely a rule of <laughs> but horror safety movies. First. Um, yeah, like, you know, knee pads, helmet, all times. <laughs> but I don't think I ever recognize, I don't think I ever, like, paid attention to her footwear. So. <laughs> I mean, when you go back and watch it for the 40th time. I suppose. Maybe, maybe take, take note of her footwear and how inappropriate it is for um fleeing in any capacity yeah I mean I think I was already like I was already sidetracked by the fact that like she fell down a flight of stairs and was like oh my knee but then she like limps away anyway and I'm like yeah run girl run run girl run run. and then like of course the other iconic moments towards the end of the movie so there's the closet scene um and then she's like, oh, my God, I can finally calm down. And then obviously she can't. Um, and mm-hmm. there's there's the moment where Dr. Loomis finally shows up and their two storylines are finally one. And he, like, shoots the shit out of Michael. 
and bum, he, bum, he, bum. he bum, 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 and he he falls over the balcony and like obviously iconic moment that they then cut back and he's gone spoiler um, and that's the end of the movie but rewind a little bit and there's that moment where 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 uh jamie lee curtis is like sitting on the floor in the hallway like you know bawling crying and she's like he was the boogeyman and i was like oh bitch he was mm-hmm. a boogeyman. He and was, then, and he won't get you. <laughs> and then, and then Doctor Limbs is obviously like, "Yes, he is the boogeyman." And like, I guess there, the other there. thing is like, Doctor Loomis, like he's there, he, you know, cool, and like whatever. Um, he certainly acts as like an anchor into like the whole "this man is crazy and just evil, and like you should believe it" thing. Yeah, it's um, very much like, like you said, it's very much an anchor into like the reality that one, like Michael is an actual person. Like right. it's not just some supernatural force that makes him like stupid, strong and like weirdly fast. Right. Only he's not moving very fast. It's a cinematography fast. It's not real fast. And exactly. like, yeah. So like, thanks Dr. Loomis for like right. anchoring us into real life, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just like, there's something about him though that like skews me a little bit. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know. Is it the trench coat? I, just, I don't think it's, I think it's just him. Like, his overall, mm. like, Ugh. I don't know. Just Ugh. him. I don't know. Um, and, like, <laughs> whatever. But, yeah. Um, yeah, Ugh. so, I mean, I guess it, in, in, in closing, my final thought on this movie. Um, okay. Also, this is exactly what I wrote on the page. Also, should I feel bad that I think Michael is kind of hot when there's that one shot of him with his mask off? Um, see, like, the thing is, uh, I kind of knew you were going to ask that. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, um, you can't see me, but I was, like, closing my eyes and kind of cringing a little, waiting for it to happen. It's like, (laughs) he's going to say the thing. (laughs) And it's going to make me a little uncomfortable. But, like, it's fine. Um, I have a lot of questions about that. But, like, that's another episode. It's, like... it's fine. It's fine. I'm just a stereotype. It's fine. No, it's fine. I just, like, I want to unpack that. But, like, um, I don't, I don't think now is the time. It's fine. We could just, we could just, we could just put a pin in that. It's fine. Yeah, put um, that in the corkboard and we'll, we'll come back to that. I mean, I, I definitely think, I definitely think I'm not the only one who thinks he's, no. he's attractive. I definitely um, don't think so either. Um, and you know, I mean, it, it is, it is what it is. Um, I can only, I can, I can only speak my truth. And, and that is that I will say there's not really any other horror movie film that I'm like, you're hot. Um, so it's really just him. Okay. Okay. Is it the broad Um, shoulders? I mean, I don't know. Like he's like in like a worker man's, like, you know, full on like, uh, yeah. Like coveralls coveralls yeah that's the word you yeah. know cause I, I don't know that word no, um, no no you went to college you have a you have two you have a degree and a master's but you don't know coveralls it's fine well I mean <laughs> also I'm I'm a homosexual man and and I, what is sports you know what I mean um I don't oh honey I don't think that's sport sports indicative but um you know what I mean you know what I'm saying hard labor um, hard labor yeah yeah, uh, hi. I I'm a chunky gay man. You're, del- You're not gonna you're catch delicate. me. Definitely not gonna catch me doing hard labor. No, that's okay. Um, 
So the Lord, the Lord just... Jesus put you on this planet for a reason, and it was not it hard was labor, not sweetie. Definitely was not that. <laughs> um, maybe for overthinking. Overthinking oh, I do a lot of. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, but I mean... So, like, I think maybe a little bit of, like, the, like, clutch my pearls type of moment. Like, oh, oh yeah. it's a Mayan, you know, like. <laughs> Excuse me. A like Mayan. a Blanche. Very much a Blanche Devereaux moment, if you will. Like Blanche um, Devereaux and, like, Jessica Rabbit, maybe? Maybe, yeah. Oh, a Mayan. Uh, yeah, so I think it's partially that. But then it's also, like, whoa, he crazy. And yeah. um, I don't know. I mean, I've had a few, you know, bad boyfriends in the past but I don't know if I'm like into the bad boy type of situation but like I think a part of the psychology of like the whole like like the the worshipping of the horror movie villain is like the bad boy part of it like oh for sure you know yeah. um but like again that's that's like a whole nother onion that we can peel another yeah, time yeah we can we can um put that bad boy on a shelf literally yes. figuratively definitely okay. um so in summation I, Nicholas Charles Polino, choose Halloween as my favorite horror film, um, and I'm sticking to it, and praise Jamie Lee, um, and uh, thank you, John Carpenter, the end. Oh, that was good. I really like that. That was thank a really you. good um, fourth grade report. You oh, my report. God. I liked it. It was nice. Um, okay. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. I don't think you're ready for the spaghetti, but... Ooh. Ooh. All right. So um my all-time favorite horror film unequivocally is William Friedkin's 1973 masterpiece, The Exorcist. Yes. I mean, my notes are not let's face it, they're not as beefy as yours. It's fine. We can unpack this. We you okay. know we can unpack this. Um <clears throat> yeah. All right. Let's start uh Let's start. Let's start with the cast first off. Mm-hmm. Um, the gentleman Max von Sydow, who played um, Father Marin, mm-hmm. he's like briefly seen in like the beginning, and he's like doing some stuff in the Middle East, and I'm like, it kind of sets the tone for like what's going to happen very vaguely. But um, he he was old in 1973, and this motherfucker is still kicking. He is still alive. Well, good on him. I mean, yeah. that's like my number one point is Max von Sydow is still alive. Um, so, so they're like, this is clear, there's clearly not like a curse on this film. Oh, no, like, no, 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 no. Like Poltergeist or no, something like that. No, this is not a Poltergeist type situation. Mm-hmm. But um, it does, in my opinion, like, like Halloween has one of the most iconic soundtracks Oh, like, yes, you, you hear that sound when, when Father Marin, like, shows up to, like, fix the sitch, and, like, you you know some bad juju is about to go down. Well, right, and, like, it also has one of the most, uh, another one of the most iconic, iconic, iconic images, right? Like, with, like, oh, him of course. standing like, in the, in the yeah. light. It's, and, uh, you know, Father, it's the cover, like, Father Marin is standing outside of, yeah. you know, Reagan... And like Chris McNeil's home in Georgetown, and he's just basking in that light, and it's so iconic, and it's so um, like psychologically symbolic of like this man like going into the darkness, and he is like the only last bit of light that can like kind of pull that out. 
Girl, that was deep. Thanks, that was man. Good. Thank that you. Was wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it. I I mean, I've watched this movie more times than I can count. Like, I mean, you definitely watched it more times than I have. So. Um, I have. I mean, I have the cinematic like poster in my office. Like, it's that iconic to me. Um, it has a really great use of like in the cinematography aspect. Has a really great use of um, contrasting light. Because, like, in the beginning, Father Marin, he's, like I said, he's in the Middle East, he's digging, he's doing some archaeological work. And then you cut to, like, doom and gloom, like, Georgetown, 1973, and, like, the McNeils are, like, thrust into this, like, dark, dungeon-esque, like, living situation. And they're, like, being plagued upon by, like, by, you know, supernatural forces, which brings me to, like, my problematic point. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm not going to do the whole, like, book versus movie thing because, like, I did read the book. But um, the thing is, I want to know. I'm not a parent, but... <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not a parent. Let's pre- prerequisite it with, I am not a parent. I am nobody's mom. Um, who let their child, their 11, 12-year-old child, play with a Ouija board? That is my, okay, that is my question number one. Yes. Subsection B, why does her mom fucking help her with it? She's like, you're doing it wrong. Like, let me show you how to do it. And, like, Ellen Burstyn is just like, oh, honey, she is, like, a ball of nerves. Like, if my mother could be personified into any cinema character, it is just Ellen Burstyn having a time in the basement like you were you were my child but I want to be your friend like that is the kind of parenting my mom slash Ellen Burstyn bestowed Mm. upon Reagan McNeil and like realistically who let her play with that Ouija board this is a very valid question (laughs) like they move like okay so Ellen Burstyn she's like an actress in this in this cinema masterpiece right and like so they're like hobnobbing around and like moving from place to place and supposedly from what I can gather like this place like isn't actually like their home Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. like he makes like allusions to like oh when we get back to Boston honey I'll get you a horse so it's like um excuse me like what is your privileged life that like you're getting your 12 year old a horse but like um Who's going to pay for all the structural damage that occurs in this home during your exorcism? Like, there is, like, there is some foundation problems that occur. Again, I'm not a mom and I'm not a homeowner. Let's put it that way. (laughs) Um, But, you know, it's, um, it's a little, it's a little much to, like, take in. And, like, it's never properly explained as to, like, why i mean obviously they moved there because like you know ellen burson's like shooting a movie or whatever but also sidebar this film does not follow typical john carpenter rules because the first first of two people actually that die in this movie well first of three um that die in this movie is um burt dennings and he just um she just kind of uh, goes goes full exorcist and like throws the whole whole body out the window. Mm-hmm. And like mm-hmm. you know, there's like it's an iconic like 
people like make a lot of pilgrimages to this specific shooting location in Georgetown. And like, so he's just like fucking thrown out the window, like MBD. I mean, you never see it, but like, it's kind of like, oh, you, you didn't hear what happened? Like Ellen Burstyn's coming back from like having this, you know, trip to the pharmacy or whatever. Well, she's on set, but like her, her in-house nanny Sharon is like, you know, She's kind of like her, her go-to, her wing woman, her, um, there's no sexual lesbian tension there, which is kind of a bummer, but like, <laughs> um, I mean, for you, I suppose. I mean, I'm... I mean, it's, I mean, listen, it's the seventies, weird stuff is going to happen, That's true. but, but so, you know, it breaks the rules, man. Like he's thrown out the window. There was no, like, there was no implication that he was like inappropriate or like, touchy feely with Reagan or like any of that. It's just unprovoked. Like whoop out you go. I mean, I mean lest lest we not forget that this came out before Halloween. Oh, for sure. For sure. So so I mean, I don't know if the rules are really established yet. Yeah. I mean maybe Carpenter um, was like, ooh, I'm gonna do something different and and right. kind of circle back to that. Yes. I mean we'll definitely circle back to that. But I would also I would also uh, take a stab and say that you know the exorcist came out in a time where we were still like right at the end of coming off of like old hollywood horror like oh, monsters for sure, for sure. and it's there was definitely like coming off that um universal yeah. monsters hollywood standard of like um a lot of puppeteering like king kong like when my grandma was alive she saw king kong like in the theater when it came out like when she was like a tiny tot and she said it scared the living shit out of her and like of course ima- imagine like in the 30s like giant ass like puppeteer king kong just breaking apart like a little you know yeah. popsicle stick empire state building and you're like holy shit is this real life right yeah and, like, i mean that's the thing with this movie like at the time it was like oh my god like, yeah um, this was thank, a you, real thank you for the uh segue um, right. those are some killer special effects for 1973. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, granted, it kind of, like, ruined Linda Blair's life to an extent, but, like, that yes. scene where she's, like, laying in bed convulsing, like, that was actually her body. Like, they put together, like, a rig to do that for her. And, like, granted, it, like, kind of fucked up everything, but... That poor little girl. Didn't she have, like, spinal problems after? Yeah, she had, like, she had, like, back problems, I think, for, like, the rest of her life. Like, it kind of just fucked her up. Well, she's still alive, so. I mean, she's doing, (laughs) not gonna lie, I do follow follow her on Instagram. Of course. Um, Linda Blair currently runs a um, pit bull rescue, if anybody's interested. (gasps) Shut your mouth. I swear to, swear to, you know, whatever. I don't know. My li- my life's dream is to own a sanctuary for pit bulls and bulldogs. But not parolees. That's already Ugh, whatever. That's I mean already. dogs. Yeah. Dogs oh, in general. Sure. Dogs in but general. I mean like, you know, if there was like a large amount of Frenchies. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um th- that anyway. That just makes me like her more, like so oh, much of more. Course. She's iconic and she's like just a genuine good person. And um Another thing, 1973, like, Father Karras, like, he was kind of, like, I guess, I guess you would say he's kind of hunky for, like, 1973 standards, like, Jason Miller is his real name. Um, mm-hmm. He kind of reminds me of, like, like, a watered-down Sylvester Stallone. 
right. Well, they have, we're they, have very, right they have very similar facial features. Mm. Um, you know, they're not they're not very attractive people. But anyway, um, I guess for nineteen seventy three standards, they might be pretty handsome. Oh yeah, no. So I'm on the Googles right now. Mm-hmm. He, he's he's totally nineteen seventies attractive. Yeah. Yeah, but you could see, like, you could see his facial features. He's very um, Stallone esque. Yeah. W- without the frills, if you would, which I guess um, for his role as like a Jesuit is kind of. Uh, yeah, he definitely kind of has on, like on brand. That like hair is very Jesuity. Mm-hmm. It's like a little bit too much. Like he needs a haircut. Like yeah. stop it. But um another thing is um this was like one of my like biggest concerns and like okay like I wasn't brought up in like quote unquote the church by any means like I don't know jack shit like my ass from my elbow about anything about the Catholic Church or the Jesuit church or whatever. But the one thing that they bring up kind of is that um father Karis during during the process like his mother is like her health is failing and like during that process he's going through like an overhaul like in his in his faith really and he's kind of like what the fuck am I even doing here like I shouldn't have done this like I shouldn't have become a priest like I shouldn't have even contemplated like leaving my mother hashtag like Italian immigrants but Mm -hmm. like um he like in that in that doubt of his faith like you could kind of i guess throw throw the curveball that he was pretty much unfit to even be a part of that exorcism when father marin shows up and he's like there to assist and like in the book he's more you know i, I said i wasn't going to do this but like in the <laughs> book he's more of like like a psychologist Mm-hmm. And that's that's primarily where his background is, and like they kind of they kind of touch on that in the movie, but I mean, the book just does such a good job of like painting Chris McNeil a little better, because in the movie Ellen Burson is just like this wailing like crazy person that has like no idea whatsoever like what to do about her child. All right. She's just she's just kind of like mm, I'm at my wit's end like. We did, we did the spinal taps. We did the, you know, the, like MRIs. We did all the things that we can do. She's clearly possessed. And it's like, mm, it's kind of like not, in the book, it's kind of like not until like the last like mm, chapter that they're like, okay, she's actually possessed. We should probably have figured this out. But, um, man, what, it's, it's like a beefy two hours and it, it gets me every time. It sucks me in. And like, I'm always, like, I kind of cheat. And sometimes I watch it when it's available on a streaming service, even though I own, like, an actual physical copy. And the thing is, when you watch it on a streaming service, they cut out that whole scene of her doing that creepy spider walk down the stairs. And, like, to be honest with you, that is the part in that movie that, as a small child who probably shouldn't have watched this as young as I did... Um, that's the part that gave me nightmares, not any of the other shit. Not, like, her body physically levitating or her creating structural damage to a house that they don't own. Hi, hello, security deposit, you're at the window. Yeah, but, like, it didn't didn't strike fear in your heart when she, when she told a priest that his mother sucks cocks in hell. No, I mean, she's not 
die up there. I mean, like, let's face it. His mom's a consenting adult. And if that's what she wants to do, then <laughs> let her, please. Like, let her live her weird, like, inner circle of hell sexual fantasy. I don't know what, what Mrs. What Harris is into. Answer. That was that was so gorgeous. Like, if Thank we were you. in PR, that would have been, like, <laughs> everyone's an adult here. Like, so, we cannot control her her actions. Like, let her be herself. Like, I mean, you, if she, if her soul in the innermost sanctum of hell wants to suck cocks in said inner sanctum of hell, that is her choice. And who are we to judge? Maybe that's the only joy she has down there. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know what hell is like. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm living it, but. <laughs> I mean, but like, yeah, I totally understand. I mean, like, like, um, what's it called? At Universal Halloween Horror Nights? Like yeah. The, ex- the Exorcist. Uh, haunted house like a big feature of that is like reagan you know crab walking down the stairs because it's oh no it's odd like I've obviously been. that's the I've point i've never been it's a pilgrimage i'd like to make but like oh, honestly absolutely. i if i saw that i would just i would walk out i'd be like no um i'm gonna i'm gonna wait What's outside the safe word what, um, where's my safe word it's, it's breadcrumbs, breadcrumbs and i'm taking the trail back out and oh i don't want it and like I just don't that's just not for me man like I don't I can handle a lot of stuff but there's just something about that crab walk it's so unnatural that like it unnerves me and I'm sure that was William Friedkin's like intent because honey I am unnerved every time I see it and anytime I watch it on a streaming service I'm like "Eh, did I get the right version am I gonna be scared and you know it doesn't scare me now as an adult but like as a small er person um (laughs) it's not one of my um profound memories that i'd like to hold on to well i'm sure if any child watched it now or ever they would be like oh this is this is not this is not okay you know yeah yeah um i want to know like i want to know like younger generations now like if they watched it they'd be like oh my i want to know what their thoughts questions i mean yeah I, I would certainly hope that they watched it and, like, respected it for, like, the milestone in movies that it is. Because, like, now when I watch it or, like, now when I think of The Exorcist, like, yeah, like, you know, the effects aren't, like, super, like, blow me away anymore. Like, even the first time I watched it, like, it was it's, already, it, like... It borders on hokey, even. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're like, like, ooh, like, is, you it, have to is this campy? It. Like, is this meant well, to be? It is, it's definitely, I mean, hi, um, Ellen Burns, like, campy. Like, hi. Um, a strange one. If we want to talk about, like, what's the iconic moment in this movie, like, what is extra, it's her. It's I mean, her. Like, freaking yes. the fuck out when she, like, goes to see Father Karras at, like, the park. And she's, like, got these big, gigantic, like, sunglasses on and, like, because she's like this big movie star, like nobody's right. gonna recognize her right. having a fucking meltdown in a park in Georgetown. <laughs> like, but like that's why that's who I want to grow up to be. That's what I want. I want to be opulent and extra. Like I just um for us wear, one day, yes, I want to be Grey like, Gardens when we're old. I just want to wear big flowy clothing for no reason. I want I want ten percent of the fabric that I'm wearing to be touching my body and no more. <laughs> Like, very, like, Homer in that time that he wore Moo Moo. Like, even more than that. Like, just big, horrendous, oversized, like, ponchos and, like, maybe sweatpants underneath. 
So like, like a trash bag. Basically, but like a like like an oversized. Like yeah. Too big. Like, like why hefty, is this happening? Hefty plus. Like like maybe the neck's large enough to like have one shoulder off like 80s Ooh. style like like flash you know, dance like flash like, dancing like something like that except I'm not gonna have you know a um a halter top underneath or something like it's just gonna be all shoulder and, and then I'm gonna have giant glasses and like who knows what my hair will look like at that point but I hope it's salt and pepper because you know my grandfather had a full head of hair until the day he died so that's what I'm you know that's what I'm holding on for um and I just I want I want to be extra and I want to be horrendously gaudy and I I want to be a walking spectacle without needing to try to be a walking spectacle like yeah I mean you live in New York (sighs) so I feel like it's kind of hard to top that so like, I mean, like I feel like where you are locale wise, it might be a little hard to leave that footprint of that level of extra. So maybe you should just move to Florida. Just a thought. I don't want to move to Florida. I don't think anybody wants to Florida. move to Florida. But no um, offense to Florida. No, but none. maybe but also a little offense to Florida. You know what I mean? <laughs> a little bit. Like um, no. Like no, but um, yeah. Seriously, like I was, uh, I was near DC uh, in September, and unfortunately, time did not allot me the touristy experience that I wanted to go to Georgetown. And like, hashtag so a little salty about it. But mm. um, you know, ev- there's always tomorrow. We can we can shelf that. We can do like a pilgrimage trip at some yeah. point. I mean, kind of, kind of related, but unrelated in in many aspects. Yeah. I did, I was just in Atlanta for work, and one of the first things I did when I got there was look up the location of the Designing Women House because oh, that show but... is set in Atlanta. Guess what? House not is film not, there, is it? Yeah, it's not in Atlanta. Mm. It's not in Atlanta well, at all. At least, I mean, that's not what I thought you were gonna say. I thought you were gonna go with like I was looking up the location of like where they did the Walking Dead because like hi on brand, but nope, no, that's the on brand you're at. Just, I mean, to get brand. back on brand, I mean, like you know, something that is is in the vein of all of this is um, every month where there's a Friday the Thirteenth, um, I forget the name of the town uh, where Camp Crystal Lake actually is. Isn't it um, Voorhees? Oddly enough. I don't believe so. I think it's like something town or something field or something like that. But um, anyway, you know, it's like an East Bumblefuck, New Jersey. It is, um, yeah. And um, and and they have like a whole like Friday the Thirteenth day every time. There's a Friday the Thirteenth, and there's like, you know, a walking tour of the town, and like this is the diner from the movie. And, yeah, like, yeah, there's, yeah. Like, there's like all photo ops of like you know people dressed up as Jason and da 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 da. So we'll have to do that sometime, obviously. Okay. Yeah. Um. um per, yeah. But per that per that idea, before we get too far off topic, it's actually I actually knew this. The camp is called Camp Noby Bosco, uh-huh. and, and it used to be. Oh, it still is an active Boy Scout camp. So you Ooh. can you can live your Boy Scout shorty short fantasy all you like. But no, that makes me uncomfortable. Mm-mm. Why is I mean, it a Boy Scout camp? I mean, it's in the middle of bumfuck New Jersey. What else are yeah. they gonna put there? But like, also R.I.P. Boy Scouts of America because they're potentially filing for bankruptcy. Because uh, spoiler alert, their business model, like you know, mm. small children in the woods with strangers, uh, doesn't really work anymore. No, Sorry it's not. It. It's not the seventies, eighties, nineties, or. 
early 2000s. I mean, like, my mother put me through that bullshit. Like, I, you, I think I got... Did she really? Yeah, I got up to, I like, a, about you. like, a wolf, whatever, wolf what? scout or whatever. Oh, I don't know what that is, but it does not sound good. I mean, I don't... I, 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 most of it was done in the basement auditorium of of our church let's be oh, honest like that also sounds creepy and um one unprofessional and two uncomfortable um yeah no I actually never fun fact never went camping as a boy scout we never mm, went camping listen it was probably for the best probably uh, but yeah, yeah um that's my um that's my spiel I, it's okay. the abridged version of how much I thoroughly enjoy um thoroughly enjoy the exorcist but mm-hmm. I mean let's let's talk about father Karras's mom consensually sucking cocks in hell i mean that's fine good for her good for her Um, her. so i have a few thoughts Um, okay give them to me yeah one of my favorite parts of the exorcist the first time i saw it is like realizing when it was made uh-huh. You know when the, 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 there's like those very small flashes of like when you see the demon in the house, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like the face, like and when they're in the kitchen and there's like the face reflection on like the hood of the oven or whatever, mm-hmm. it like happens a couple times. I was like, oh, that's really cool. And Pazuzu. Like, Pazuzu. Pazuzu was actually, um, her name was, well, not her name, but the face actress was named Mercedes McCambridge, and she is one of the most iconic in my opinion like just straight up faces of horror because you see that and you're like oh bitch you know where that came from and you're scared and you're uncomfortable and like yeah like you said like there are like flashes of that and you're like oh that kitchen that's like that's like hot couture for for that era like that's a rich person's kitchen well, yes, obviously, because <laughs> she's an actress, darling. So she, oh, of course. she has the finest amenities. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, that was just really cool. But like also Pazuzu, um, I always thought that was a funny name for the demon. But like, mm-hmm. I didn't want to say that because it's like, I'm supposed to take it seriously. But I'm like, oh, Pazuzu. Uh, and like, let's be honest, like, I partially feed into like the whole there's a, a, an otherness of the world, like ghosts and things like that. Oh, so, like, I, I definitely fully feed like, into wanna, that weird occultist business. Like, I don't want to piss anyone life. off. So, oh, like, yeah. if Pazuzu mm-hmm. is actually out there, I mean, no offense, obviously. Yeah, he's um, he's just the Mesopotamian, like, you know, sex god. That's all it oh, is. Oh, okay. It's nothing, it's nothing, like, super creepy. I right. mean, it's creepy in the sense that it's, like, hi um i am like the dark lord of like uh like fertility and stuff mm-hmm. but um you know what like i'm not a professional but i'm gonna venture to say don't summon him and like maybe don't fuck with him no definitely not <laughs> yeah I mean, any demon i don't want to fucks with i mean if it's um, real if it's real and then like i guess my second question is i don't remember if they cover this in the movie but where did the Ouija board come from? Was it just in the basement and it they found it? In the basement. Yeah, like so in the book, um, mm-hmm. she's like mm-hmm. Reagan Reagan is basically a like a latchkey kid. Let's get right. real. Yeah. She just, you know, left her her own devices. They never show her in school. They never actually allude to like Sharon being like her tutor or anything. She's just kind of like she's not really a housekeeper, but she's kind of like, you know, mom's not here, so she's mom. Um and that also like plays on the whole like Chris McNeil is more of, like, a friend and less, like, a mom. 
in that uh-huh. aspect. And she is kind of like in the book, they're like they kind of touch on like Sharon showing it to her, but not in the sense of like Sharon brought it to her. It was just kind of like mm, it's here. Yeah. And so, in the movie, Reagan's like, oh, this is Captain Howdy, and he gives me all the answers. And, like, as a not-mother, I would be various levels of concern to start yeah. with. Well, right. <laughs> so, if there was a rando Ouija board in the basement of this place that I just recently started living in, mm. I'm not going to touch it. No. I wouldn't no, even touch it and throw you. it away. I right. No, I would leave it, it there. Like, that might actually be a potential reason for me to be like, you know what? I actually can't live here. Like, Actually, you know what? I would very much like my security deposit back. <laughs> I'm going to leave. I'm going to stay um, in a hotel. Right. Um, And, like, the how, like, there's, like, a lot of, like, stones in the movie that are kind of, like, and kind of in the book that are not touched upon, like, the housekeeper people. Like, they're not, they're not really talked about they're more in depth in the book they do get a little more backstory but it's not necessary to the story it's just kind of like demon fodder at that point where mm-hmm. you know reagan's reagan saying her her you know potty mouth bullshit and and uh yeah she, she, a lot of potty mouth. she is she's a nasty child and she needs a timeout for real but um <laughs> that's not really her fault no not no. really i mean when, when when your skin is scabbing and you turn green and you're able to spin your head around. Um, you're like, how I, do your teeth get fucked up like overnight? I don't know. Right. Maybe it's not, not your fault night. anymore. But no. like, definitely, it's not your fault anymore. No. No, no, no. Um, yeah. Um, you're not also, That's, I'm uh, very excited that we're finally doing this. Yeah. It's, um, been, um, it's been a long couple months of yeah. planning and keeping this yes. kind of a secret. Not really. I mean, to family and friends, because they already think we're crazy, so... I mean, um, but also our moms who are now friends after 15 years oh, of friendship. Oh, my God. Mama Polino <laughs> and Mama Gomes need to become best friends. And um, we need to tell everyone. How, well, number one, we love our mothers very, very much. So that's the first thing. We we but are it, both we are both mama's boys to the absolutely to the umpteenth degree. But it was very charming, very cute. Very wonderful, very hilarious that they were like, "How do we watch your podcast?" Yeah, and they I just, just don't wanna, know. No, I just want to take it back and be like, "Listen, moms, joint moms, um, this is like a radio thing. Like, I know yeah. you know how to use one of those. Like, you don't, you don't have to watch anything." Well, yeah, and also my mother has a iPhone, so mm-hmm. um, I'm gonna have to show her where to, you know, click on the little. I, 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 um, podcast iTunes, app thing. The podcast yeah. app, wherever podcasts are available, fingers crossed. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, but don't, uh, don't forget to rate, mm. subscribe. Mm-hmm. Also follow. follow us on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Follow. Follow. Instagram that's, that's like is, number one. Yeah. Chock full of gay horror memes slash just horror memes in general. <laughs> um, I mean, and... like I said, no pun intended, Nick is killing our Instagram game as our um, one of our two-person team. Well, thank you very <laughs> social much. Social media director. Social media is a rank there. But, you know, um, I just, I, I didn't realize I had such a passion for creating nonsense internet content. So um, I'm having a lot of fun with it. And 
I just hope everyone will come along with us on this ride of, I'm not going to say self-discovery, but I'm very excited that this is going to be a reason for us to talk again on a regular basis and, and like just a, talk. It's a really profound, like, um, I don't want to sound like a cheese ball, but it comes with the territory. I'm basically right. a dad. Um, it's just like a like a, a really good like friendship rediscovery. And like TBH, that's kind of all we were really trying to do mm-hmm. in this thing. So if anything comes out of it other than a fucking kick-ass Instagram and a wonky-ass podcast with my maybe terrible editing, we'll see. And right. I'm, I mean, I'm just going to be pleased that we're doing it. And right. we made... We, we threw the pebble in the lake and we'll see how far the shit ripples. So, uh-huh. And this is, this is the first try. So first episode, don't kill us, you know, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but like, I don't know about you, but like, if we're really, if we're really getting onto the nitty gritty, this was like, obviously like perfect one take, like there's nothing wrong with that. Like, obviously. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I'm sure everybody's going to be like, listen, why are you still talking after X amount of minutes? I'm not going to give you the minute roll because that's rude, and I ain't going to cut you off. But right. that being said, tune in. I don't want to say next week because that's being a little ambitious. But tune in next episode, episode two, Sleepaway Camp, which is Nick's pick. And mm-hmm. then we'll just, uh, we'll just roll from there and see what happens. We'll roll from there. So, yes, exciting, exciting, wonderful, opulent, gorgeous. And mm. um, as Ashley your said. Language. Oh, I just, I have so many SAT words. You have no idea. Mm-hmm. I'm going to unleash them onto the world. Give them to me, honey. I want them SATs. You want them not, all? Not the, not the STDs. Mm-mm. I want the SATs. I don't actually, actually do that well in the SATs because I'm not good at standardized testing, but obviously that's here nor there. So anyway, before yeah. this goes on for like another 20 minutes, comment, subscribe, rate, et cetera. Follow. And... There's one more. Um, also, moms, if you're listening, I'm not sorry we made fun of you on the internet. Yeah. Not, I, I, they're from Jersey. I well, they're from New York and/or New Jersey, so they yeah. should be fine with poking fun at themselves. Like, let's be. I honest. mean, they do. Let's get real. Yeah. So, um, until next time, etc. Um, other general standard sign-off language. Um, we'll figure it out as we go along. How, uh, how do you feel about this? Uh, stay creepy, friends. Stay creepy, friends. I like yeah. that. That's good. Stick with that All for right. now, and if. Things, if you guys want to hear anything else, don't forget to comment just down in the box or whatever. Yeah. We have a yeah. Facebook and we have an Instagram. Do we have a Facebook? Yes. We, we have a Facebook. Um, it's not live. Don't talk to it. I mean, people can message us on it, but <laughs> like, I'm always on the Insta. So like, mm-hmm. hit that up, yo. Slide yeah. into those DMs with your Slide suggestions. We hey, want to know. We want to know what you want to see, what you want to hear, what you like, what you don't like. So we can kind of keep this cohesive and and go in the way we need it to. Yes, queen.